Grab your Bibles. We're going to go to 1 John. And uh, I'm going to show you a little bit of my nerdiness today. Some people say, oh, I love it when you go nerdy. But uh, I, I just, I love this study of words and what they mean. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell on myself, too, that uh, I want to remind you, let's go to all these places, why John was writing. He tells us very quickly. Everybody turn to 1 John and look at, uh, look at uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. He says, these things we write so that our joy may be complete. So that's that first one that we look at, that the joy. He wanted that joy. And then go up to chapter 2, verse 1, and we'll read that again. That's good. Go to those, go to those pages or look in your phone. Uh, it says, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. All right? That's a biggie right there. We're going to talk about that today. Then turn over to uh, John chapter 2, verse 26, just as a reminder, because we're going through these. Uh, chapter 2, verse 26 says this, These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. So he was writing saying, hey, listen, I want you to know there's some people around you trying to deceive you. And really it was those Gnostics and those uh, also people that were invo involved in different uh, idolatry. And so he's saying, man, they're, they're chasing you away because people were leaving the church. And some of them, he said, man, I don't know what happened to them, but they just got to go because they don't have a belief system like we do. And, uh, and then look at uh, chapter 5, verse 13. Chapter 5, verse 13. It says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And I just want to remind you that those things he covers, that you may know. He's going to talk about you having eternal life, and he's going to talk about sin in these just in six verses. And we're just breaking this down. I told you we're going slow. So we're just going to talk about six verses. But this is his overriding goal of this this epistle, and some people would call it a book. Some people would call it, uh, I just believe it's a letter uh, because it, it just has that very personal quality. And so let's go to First John, and we're going to, before we do, get ready to go. I'm going to tell you about some Greek words, okay, that are very important for you to know and, and me to know. Now, I'm going to give myself away. I think I told you all before, when I was studying Greek, they would make us, uh, we have vocabulary test, and we would have to, know these Greek words and know their different endings. And so uh, because uh, I'm, uh, what is it? Uh, I, I'm just a picture guy. You draw a picture for me or show me a video, I'll go, wow, okay, now I get it. So I would try to remember sayings to help me understand different Greek words. So I'm going to give myself away here, all right? So the first Greek word I want to go over that we're going to read is the word parakletus, paraclete. And uh, paraclete is one that's called to someone's aid. It's an advocate. Uh, some people would even say, well, that's a lawyer. Somebody who says, hey, when you're sitting there and they go, um, uh, you did this, and then you know that lawyer steps in and goes, uh, I'm here, don't say a word, that's your advocate. He said we have a paraclete, and when I was trying to remember how to uh, remember this word paraclete, uh, remember the guys would go, can you come up with something, Pat? And I'd go, uh, yeah, paraclete, paraclete. I said, it'd be good to have a paraclete beside us all the time saying, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. So that's how I remembered paraclete. Paraclete is this word that means, hey, there's an advocate for you. You had a, player, a paraclete who was reminding you of those things. The next word is this word, tera. 
Tero, uh, it means to guard. I didn't have a, a word for that. I didn't have a thing. But it really means to, to guard, to watch over. And in your Bibles, it's mainly called to keep. Now, don't lose these words because I'm going to show you where they are in the system. So that's what that means. Um, this word right here, uh, we'll see it for uh, propitiation. It's helasmos. Uh, uh, helasmos. And what it means is this uh, atonement, that there's this atoning sacrifice. And uh, I, I, if you want to know, well, here's the thing. I'm not going to go there, but this is how I remember. Without the propitiation of the sacri- sacrifice that God gave to us through Christ, we'd be in a mess. Not just a mess, but a, okay? All right, so that's how I remembered that one. And we really would, if we did not have the, uh, the advocate going forward with us for us and atoning for our mistakes, our sins, we'd be in a mess. And the mess would be we'd be separated into hell. That's it. And it would be messy for us. It would be bad for us. And then this last word that I want to take a look at, or one before last, is this word abide. It really means, it's a word that's called mino, uh, or mino. And uh, it, remained, it, it talks about remaining, staying. That's remember John and, and John when Jesus left and he said, Abide in me and I'll abide in you. And he says, if you do not abide in me, you know, without me you cannot do anything. Uh, abide in me, abide in me. He used it like 13, 14 times. And the way I remembered that one is a minnow is a little, for those of you who fish, you know what a minnow is, right? right? Those minnows are vitally important to when you put them on the hook, what do you need them to do? stay, right? If they, if they wiggle off or you're not, and that's that whole thing. And I had that uh, picture of a minnow because I had to remember it. So I'm telling you how goofy I am as I study. But it's this minnow and this minnow that you put on the hook needs to stay. Watch this. And we have become fishers of men and God's put us on the hook and we need to abide. We need to be a minnow that does our job, right? And that uh, we're supposed to catch people. Right? It's just a beautiful thing. Again, that's, that's my way. And then this last word is peripatao or peripatio. And uh, really that means to behave or to conduct. It means to walk. They use the word walk in your scripture. Survey with me. I want you to understand those words because those words are vitally important to this message today and this message to you. And then I'll look at the simplicity of this and show you how, how he brought this about to help us in understanding um, these four things that we talked about before, that this is why he has written. So let's go to 1 John 2, 1 through 6, and we'll read it together. All right? You know what? Let's all stand together and honor God and his word, and just remember that he gave it to us in the way of thinking for that. All right. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. My little children, I am writing these things to you. Why? Well, so that you may not sin. Good stuff. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. See, there it is. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself, Jesus Christ, is the propitiation. He's a sacrifice. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, here's a a biggie in the theological world. Uh, And not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. By this we know that we have come to know him. Well, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, he's a liar. 
and the truth is not in him. Now, I want you to notice the change in words. He said, then you're going, wow, i got to keep those commandments. That's a work ethic. Remember, they're all coming out of the, uh, the, what we consider the Old Testament, right? Commandments. But he changes it right here. Look what he says. He says, by this we know that we have uh, known keep commandments. And then it says, but whoever keeps, it didn't say commandments. It says whoever keeps his word. That word, word, is the word logos. It means whoever keeps the message of Christ, whoever keeps the embodiment of what Jesus did for our sin. You see the difference? He said, man, there used to be a time that it was all about what you did with these commandments, but whoever keeps, whoever guards my word. He didn't put commandments in that spot. He said, uh, uh, has, truly, has truly been perfected. Isn't that cool? That we've been perfected. So those of you who doubt your salvation all the time, but look right here. You doubt your salvation all the time. You wonder if you're saved. You make a mistake on a Friday, and you go to work, you go to church on Sunday, and you may have not been for a month and a half, but you're going just to make sure you're covered. And you, those days should be over the minute that you accept Christ. Look, it says this, uh, his word is in him and his love was truly because you've been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him, right? Who stays with him, who remains in him, ought himself to walk. There's that word. To walk in the same manner as he walked. You may be seated. As we look at this, uh, um, I want you to understand there's this quote here that uh, in the theological world that a lot of people struggle with, and that is this, where it says, uh, uh, oh gosh, it says that he himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not only ours only, but also for those who, of the, who are of the whole world. So you're saying Christ died for everyone. Yes. And that's why I struggle, or I don't struggle, I just don't believe in election. Because it would, it would contradict this understanding of Christ dying for everyone. And it was clear he died for everyone. You go, well, that means everybody can come into heaven? I like the way that, that one theologian put it. He said, John does not say that he died for any select part of the inhabitants of the earth. Or for some out of every nation or tribe or kindred. But for all mankind. And the attempt to limit this is a violent outrage against God and his word. That's a great quote. I believe uh, you, you're the one that puts God in a box when you say we are elected. Because it's very clear right here. Now, people would argue that. And then also, one of the most appealing beliefs concerning God is universalism. I talk about that all the time, but I don't use the word universalism. That we're all headed down the same path. It's very, very frightening to me to see people thinking or believing that we're all going to go to heaven. We'll all eventually make it. But this is that understanding of universalism. Be assured that John is not suggesting that all will go to heaven. In fact, he made it clear repeatedly that one must believe and confess Christ to have eternal life. Very clearly. Uh, you'll see these different areas. All right, let's all turn to John. Keep your finger in First John and turn to John. Uh, and we're going to read a few verses out of there to show you that John is uh, also in the past has told us and reminded us uh, about this understanding of confession. John chapter 3, all right, John chapter 3, and I want you to look at uh, uh, verse 16, okay, 16 through 18. You ready? 
For God so loved the world, here's the one that we all know, and we'll shut down as we start reading it, but really listen and finish it through. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes, there it is, that's our part. The sovereignty of God is that he made a way for all to have eternal life. He died for all. The the free will of man is right here. We choose to believe, and in him shall not perish. In other words, those of you who doubt your salvation, you shall not perish. You will not die and spend an eternity separated from God. And you have to trust that, that this is true. It says, but have eternal life. And it says, for God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but the world might be saved through him. And we always talk about God being this judging God, this judging God. But he's, once Christ came, he's this savior God. He's this redeeming God. But he always tried to do that throughout the Old Testament. He was always trying to redeem him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. See? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Look over at uh, uh, verse 35 in that same chapter. It says... Uh, uh, four, or 35 and 36, for the Father loves the Son and has given all things to his hand. Look at this. And he who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Believers, no wrath. The wrath has been covered by the blood of Christ. That's what it says here. So those of you who struggle, because I find it, uh, okay, I'm going to ask you just a very simple question. It's that those two diagnostic questions that I think are still good. If you died today, where would you spend eternity? You got that in your head? I want you to say it in your head, what you would tell me verbally if I asked you that question. When you have answered that question in your head, kind of nod, so I'll know if you got the most of it. Okay. All right, now, let me ask you this. Did it involve a statement, well, I hope, well, I think, well, I, I kind of want, yeah, if you had that, then that is what you're not assured of. But it says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he that he, that he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, says you will be saved, saved from eternity, separated from God. So I want you to know if you have that, settle that today. Because when anybody asks me, hey, Pat, uh, if you died out there today or if something, something terrible happened to you, are you scared of what would happen? I go, no. I always tell you all the time, no, I'm not scared of what will happen. I know what will happen. I read it in his word. I believe it. I believe if I confess, and I did, so I'm going to heaven. I don't, I don't want to die a certain way. You know what I mean? That's what I go, man, I just don't want to die, you know, a weird way or something, you know. I don't know what that means. Just, you know, I always say I don't want to die with 10 chihuahuas slowly eating me from the toes up. You know, that would be a terrible death. All right. So when you look at this, I want you to understand these are those questions that need to be answered. Because when you are assured of it, others will be assured of it. And so uh, look at 1 John 2, 23. Go back to 1 John. Go to, go to t- chapter 2. And further on, we'll talk about this. And uh, then um, uh, where is 1 John? Okay. Chapter 2. Look at verse 23. 
This is later on, as he was writing this epistle, he said, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father, and the one who confesses the Son has the Father also. So people use statements like, well, I came to know Christ, or I invited Jesus into my heart. Man, I just want to know. That's great. That's a way we've kind of tailored that. But really, it's just a confession. Confession. Do I believe? What do I confess? I confess Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of my life, of everybody's life who wants it, but they have to make that choice. God is sovereign and had, a, had an opportunity that he said, I want everybody to be saved. I want my creation that I made to be saved, right? I want them to be saved, but I'll give them that choice. Right. So a lot of us go, God, is, God, God just lets people die and lets it know people have choices on how they live. It's just, it's this choice on how you want to live. So, here's what I want you to walk away with today, and then we're going to close. This is what I saw as I prayed to the Holy Spirit, and he showed me just what I saw before I went and looked up all these Greek words and did some study. First of all, uh, he says that he doesn't want us to miss the mark. The, uh, and that's the thing, where he says this. Look at, uh, look at 1 John, and it says, This is a message we have, verse 5, we have heard and from him and announcing to you. That, uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. First, chapter 2, 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Well, there was a problem with that. And he knew it. Because if that's all he wanted to write, he would have said, Stop it. You know? If I could just look at you or I could just look at myself and say, stop it. We've all tried that with different sins or things that we struggle with. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's like, it's like a dessert for me, you know. I'm not going to do it, and then I can't help it. That is, I miss the mark. It's the Greek word harmatia. Uh, it does harmatomia, and that's how I remember that word. When I sin, it does harmatia. It does harmatomia. And so I just can't help it. Now, I'm going to tell a story on myself, and then we'll go very, very quickly. That is hard to do. He comes back next, and then he says this. He says, uh, he says um, don't sin. says, and if anyone sins, in other words, you're going to sin. So if anyone sins, we have an advocate uh, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he's the propitiation for our sin. So he said, don't sin, but... Uh, when you miss the mark, you can choose to be covered. You can choose to be covered by Christ, by the blood of Christ. Now, uh, I'm telling on myself to my wife, all right? She hadn't heard this story. <sighs> Please love me, no matter what. <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, when I got back from Moldova, you know, we pretty much ate meat and bread and cheese, meat, bread, cheese, meat and then cheese and meat, meat, bread, bread. And so we didn't have a lot of desserts. And uh, so when I got home, we got back into the run of things. And, man, I went by Dollar General to get some stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you this is the truth. My wife is going to laugh because, you know, I bought uh, an eight-pack of Little Debbie jelly rolls. <laughs> I did, baby. This is so sad. And I, I took those jelly rolls and I dumped them in my golf bag. And immediately I ate two. And I, and I, 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 I took the box to work the next day in my car and I put it in the dumpster outside. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? But y'all, in the course of three days, I missed the mark. 
And I really messed up, and I ate eight individual Little Debbie shortcakes. And, uh, man, I failed. And that's just really honest. It's like, and then I walked away going, what are you doing? Then, like, three days later, man, I was so good. I didn't do anything. I just thought, man, what did you do? It's because we're weak. And you, you know, we've all done that with our spouses. You're just, I'm the only one that admit it. They'll go, where were you? Oh, nowhere. But you had that coffee from Starbucks and you drank it. Or, guys, you had that candy bar and you hide the wrapper from your wife. You had that snack before supper and you make sure you destroy the evidence. We've all done that. Um, Haven't we? Oh, turn down your halo. I've never done that. You will because we all miss the mark. Everybody understand that? So he said, listen, I want you to understand don't sin. It's like God going, don't eat that, Pat. But then he knows I'm, I'm going to. So he says, listen, when you do miss the mark, notice when, if, when you do miss the mark, you can choose to be covered, to accept my grace and to accept the fact that whatever you've done, uh, my son has already taken care of at the cross. You with me? And there are so many things in your life that many of you hold on to. You miss the mark. We all miss the mark. The third thing I want you to know that I saw was everyone in the world will miss the mark. That's why when we look at the world, we need not to get upset. Remember we read a couple of weeks ago that the, the minds of, of unbelievers ha, have been what? They're, they're blinded by the adversary of this world. So when you look at the world and go, why do people act that way? Man, uh, quick, another, these, I'm telling you, it's like God says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this little gift for Sunday morning. If, if you've ever been to downtown Port Natchez, right, and, and you're coming from the school, and then you got this road coming here, and then downtown, it's kind of like this little four-way stop, but it's awkward because, well, I, I, never, I never go a certain way, and so I came up to a point I couldn't see. So I pulled up a little bit, and then I could see. And this truck, man, it came right toward me. I thought, he's going to hit me. And then he pulled out right at the last minute. And he looked at me and drove by real slow and gave me the finger. And I was thinking, what I did? Now, some of you are going, that was me. No. Uh, here's the thing. It, it was really like, and then I realized, oh, I got in his lane and he got up. I wanted to follow him and say, hey, I'm not a bad guy. But, but here's the thing. And I go, uh, a lot of you, that makes people, that makes you mad. I stayed mad for about two minutes and I went. It's either somebody who's probably a deacon at some church, (laughs) but he doesn't really know Christ. He doesn't really live for Christ. Or it's somebody who doesn't know Christ and doesn't know how to treat people. Right? So I want you to know is that everyone in the world will miss the mark, and they can choose to follow Christ. That's what he's saying here. They can choose to do that. They can choose to guard, could confess, and guard. And then uh, this last one is, while believers will continue to miss the mark, they must never stop abiding in Christ. And that's where a lot of people mess up. Everybody look right here. Tell them we're getting out of it. When you mess up, just take it. That's what's wrong with people. Our pride is so thick that when we mess up, we think, hey, I just want to give up. If you mess up, don't give up. Right? How many times have I been, was I a youth pastor and the pastor would bring me in about something that uh, I could be doing different or I, could, I was just not really putting more attention to? Are you with me? And I was thinking, 
you don't know anything about youth ministry. But one of the guys that was looking at me was an incredible youth pastor for many years. But I, my pride just would, would well up with me. You see what I'm saying? And that means that I wasn't, I wasn't abiding. I wasn't remaining. So I want to encourage you, if you messed up, you messed up. When people come up to me and say, well, this happened. For those of you who had, I'll look at you and go, that's my bad. Any bad thing that happens here, anything's not good, I will tell you it is on me. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If there's cobwebs in the chair, that's my fault. I didn't watch over it. If there's a problem in an area and I didn't know about it, I can't take care of it. Everybody with me? But I will do my best to always say, man, we messed up. But you've got to be willing to say you messed up. So some of you are at work and you're frustrated, but you know if that person is a goober to you sometimes, but, but, but what he says is right, then wise enough to say, remember that message I did many years ago, all you were here, God loves goobers, and he still uses goobers. A goober is a peanut. You know what I mean? Things are made in peanut. You wash your hair. You put oil in your car. God uses goobers, the ones that want to be used. So I want to encourage you to abide, remain, stay. And when you're there, walk in it, guard it. And that's your relationship with Christ. All right? So here's the thing. Since we're doing this year, the year in the word, remember, we opened it. We searched it. But guys, let me tell you something. It's up to you if you want to apply it. That's not on me. That's not on me. That's on you. We searched it. We opened it. We searched it. Now when you leave this week, apply it. Be assured of your salvation. When you mess up, and you will, harmatia, it does harm to you, to Mia. When you do it, accept it. And you have to do that. And I believe that's abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ. Well, let me pray for you. And remember, uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget uh, to, there's different kiosks. Or around, all you do is press it. If it's not on, don't you just press the button. It'll pop up, and there'll be four icons, and one of them will say usher, and one of them will say safety. Do that. Answer the questions. Uh, and once they're done, do they press a save on the bottom or anything? Or yes. yes. So scroll to the bottom and press save. So Jesse's my um, guru with all the stuff. I don't know that. So let me pray over you, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for loving us. I always say this, thank you so much for providing for us. Thank you so much that we can have a surety of our salvation if we just simply believe in I thank you, Father, that you have died for everyone in this world, all of your children that were born uh, in this world. You've died for them. I pray that they will make a choice. And I pray that we would remain so that they could see that we would be that minnow that stays on the hook, that we remain in you so that we can capture others for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great day. Uh, God bless you.